welcome to the Backlog Dialogues, the podcast where we dig you out of your backlog before it buries you. I'm John, and joining me as always are the Clarabelle Cow and the Horace Horse Coward to my Coptic Pete. Do I have to be the cow? As is always the case of all of these, it is up to you which one you are. I'm fine, so I'm Jared then. And I'm Matt. I'll be the cow just to save you from it, Jared. <laughs> hey, I just like hey, I just like doing the sarcasm in it. That's the point. <laughs> if we're going for the old obscure characters, I welcome to luck for Clara Cluck here. Okay, so first let's talk about Clara Cluck's name. Uh the Clara part is already covered by Clarabelle Cow. And Clarabelle Cow does not have a name that if you were to stumble on your words a tiny bit, which I am very likely to do, would not come out sounding like a term that a lot of chuds try and use as a slur. Oh, you mean like how comics and newspapers will never use the word flick? Because it just it gets a bit too close to the word fuck? I was being polite about it. You're just going to go around and say it. <laughs> I have no compunctions about using that word. That word has lost all meaning to our generation. I would imagine that our podcast is rated such that we want to, you know, basically have it rated such that people know we might swear and bring up, you know, some pretty rough topics at times. Yeah, but not for Kingdom Hearts. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know the rule, we can only say fuck once every hour. Well, I just screwed us. <laughs> well, maybe it's once per person. Is that how it works? I don't know how that actually works. I mean, I'm pretty sure I've heard that that's all just false myth anyways, and it really doesn't follow rules like that. So what we're saying is let Mickey Mouse say fuck. Fortunately, we are not regulated by the FCC. I think if you say that three times, lawyers show up at your door. Watch out, John. What What I said? Yeah. Okay. The Disney lawyers will be coming for you for defamation. Will they be coming from the past or the present, like what we're going to be dealing with today? That's an excellent question. Yes, today we are covering Disney Castle and Timeless River, which is a section that rules just as much as it is ridiculous. It's it's one of the more flagrant disregards for time travel and the rules it has since I would say all the way back to Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure. Disney Castle is a little bit annoying, but I would say that Timeless River makes it all worth it. Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, Disney Castle is just sort of like the here's a few screens that are actually just sort of the framing device to let you into Timeless River. It's the foyer. Yes. It's a very big, elaborate foyer. How did we get here, first of all? I think uh, Disney Castle just sort of appeared as our next spot, correct? Yeah, it just sort of pops up on the map. So as a player, you're just going to go there because there's no other architectural weenies to follow. Yep. But when you get there, just the characters apparently have just showed up on a whim. Yep. It's a good time because Minnie is praying someone can someone help because there's thorns in the hall of the cornerstone. The fact that the castle's deserted and pitch black only slightly disturbs the, the three of them. It's like something seems wrong. It's cut short by the fact that Chip and Dale come up and tell us that it's time to go to the library because there's problems. No, not the library. Don't go there. Don't go there. What the hell was that? That's a good question. What was it? Uh, it sounded like me from... Oh, future, maybe. I don't understand why I would be that concerned about the library. I, I'm sure this will not come back to re, to bite us in the ass later on. We will find out later, I guess, why I'm so scared of the library, or at least why future me is scared of the library. And I guess they couldn't have gone forever without noticing it's a problem because the castle's chock full of heartless. Yep, uh, including so we have a few returning ones like those giant thunder tower things from Land of the Dragons. And there's a new one, the Minute Bomb, which is exactly what it says on the tin. Or maybe it's Minute Bomb. Minute Bombs. I can't do those jokes yet. But doesn't it count down from five? So how's that a minute? 
Yeah, that's probably why it's my newt bomb instead. And I have to say, um, I do have, I of course have a soft spot for Disney cartoon movie music, but if I have to hear the first 10 bars of the Mickey Mouse Club theme over and over again, I will snap. Hopefully, we don't have to deal with that that much. Uh, yeah, it really does seem like like it is the first 10 bars of Mickey Mouse Club song over and over again. And don't get me wrong, I know the words to Mickey Mouse Club songs. I was a, I was a kid at that era. But I, I don't know. It, it, it does start to grate on you. We're going to meet Minnie in the library. She's pretty tiny next to Sora. Considering that in the first game, she looked like she had a giant mask ahead. I guess it's an improvement. Yep. Isn't Mickey about the same size, though? Like, he's yeah. very Yoda-ish. Yeah, Mickey is about the same size as Minnie now, and it works a lot better, I'd say. Yeah, I mean, it, it, it makes sense during how the scale of those characters always seems to be. It just seems very funny that yep. she see, she's even smaller than Donald. Yep. So now we need to go with her to the Hall of the Cornerstone. She will send Donald and Goofy off to warn everyone who we never see. And so it's up to Sora to guard Minnie as she goes to the throne room. Do you find it strange that apparently Mickey sends Minnie letters regularly and she talk, and he talked about this kid he's known for all five minutes? I mean, let's, let's think about how much has Mickey interacted with Sora, but Minnie says Mickey's told her all about Sora. I mean, Mickey is clearly watching from the behind the scenes at almost all the times because for a lot of boss fights, Mickey will just jump in and save you if you fuck up. So Mickey's just back there watching you saying, huh, really thought my court mage would be better at staying off the ground. You would think that, Mickey. You would think that. But it's Donald. And Donald is floor tank. Leading Minnie to the throne room is... An escort mission. It's an escort mission. It's a weird mini game that's like more or less the kind of thing that we're used to at this point in Kingdom Hearts 2. Like, we can't go five feet without getting a fucking mini game. It's if you fight a bunch of heartless, you turn around, use reaction command to just shout at Minnie to, to come walking towards you. Or she'll just sit there waiting. Yep. You can also do a really cool team up move with Minnie where you just blow all the heartless away. Yeah, it's quite powerful, actually. Yeah. I don't know how it works exactly. It's just uh, Minnie makes an explosion. Minnie has magic, too. Yeah, everyone has magic. They're from Disney. Except Goofy. Yep, Goofy doesn't get magic. The smartest guy from the Disney world, and he doesn't use any magic. Well, that's because magic has nothing to do with intelligence, Jared. Magic is all about your heart. <laughs> right? I suppose that's why why more or less mindless heartless can use it, right? But why do nobodies have magic then? Shit. I'll get back to you on that. I need to come up with a better headcanon. John goes back to the drawing board. Yep. It's I need all to, connected, I swear. Yep, I need to fucking make my conspiracy wall work. Uh, I also have in my notes that around this time I get Leaf Bracer since I hit level 20. It's the most important skill in the game. So that's pretty noteworthy, but. I tend to over, I tend to like jump way back when I'm healing. So I think it didn't help me quite as much as you'd expect. Leaf Bracer just gives you frame and vulnerability while you cast a healing spell, which is extremely right. so nice. Just get out of dodge for it. So I think yep. I never noticed it quite enough. Yep. Once we make it to the throne room, Minnie makes a big explosion that gets rid of all the Heartless. Can I just say, I just can't believe they're still doing that thing where there's this massive throne room doors. Everyone just goes in through this tiny little four foot square at the corner of it. Isn't that actually like so, sort of based on real life? Like you have those huge, massive doors going into chapels and then there's an the actual small door that you would really go into and you'd only open up the big doors for real special occasions. We are not a special occasion. I mean, I feel like an invasion's pretty special. Not as special enough to take the effort to open up those big ass doors. Basically, on the, there's a button on the throne room, which is apparently just the blow up heartless button. 
Yep. And it moves the throne to the side, which reveals a staircase going down to the Hall of the Cornerstone. And because of the Hall of the Cornerstone, the world is their world has always been safe from evil worlds. Goddamn selfish Mike, just, just keeping the there's a holy barrier to themselves. What makes them special? So we go down to the Hall of the Cornerstone, which is a giant glass sphere of swirling light. Okay, so I mean, does any of them know what a cornerstone is? My guess of what a cornerstone is. It's usually the stone you see in a building which has like the established day on. It's like the first stone laid. Okay. On the outside. I've heard the word cornerstone as an idiom kind of word, just meaning something very important, you know, the foundation of something. Okay, sure. Why is it a giant sphere of light? Like, it's basically usually laid as a formal ceremony, so why did they put it in the basement in this giant room by itself? Yeah, like, I have in my notes, Minnie goes into some lore, introduces the cornerstone of light in the castle basement that protects the kingdom from harm. So, of course, Maleficent is fucking with it. It's just full of thorns now. Yep. Also, how many corners does the sphere have? Everything. It has infinite corners. Mm. Well, isn't there something inside the sphere? Light. Swirly lights, like a big center light and kind of like, I think, like a ring of lights swirling around. Mm-hmm. It's just a MacGuffin. Don't think about it too hard. You'll get a headache. Does it really matter outside this one scenario ever again in, these, in the series? Um, well, I mean, at the end of this game, we're going to come back to the Hall of the Cornerstone and find a teleportation thing to an optional battle, but that's it. How? Okay, so so it does two things. It protects things from hearts, and it, and it keeps optional bosses. Yes. Can we throw Sephiroth in there? No. Damn it. So, so they said the Cornerstone apparently is losing its power, and then Melissa shows up. Donald jumps at her and flies right through. But Livingston said basically she's here because she wants to flip this property. She's decided, oh shit, this is the most powerful thing in Disney World. I'm going to capture it and make it my own thing now. Maleficent's doing civilian stuff again. Melissa is just like, let's just redecorate this entire place with thorns. It's her personal touch of darkness, exactly as she said. It's her aesthetic. Yeah. So she pokes the, the cornerstone, which zaps her, but she seems okay with that. Yep. And then for some reason, Merlin is able to teleport us across worlds. Minnie's like, I have no idea what's going on here. And it's like, let's, we, it's like, Goofy's like, we should ask someone who has lots of stuff. And Donald's like, sure, Merlin. So we fly straight to Hollow Bastion. Like, not even like t- leaving the castle to do that. It is literally, he teleports us to him. Not yet. No, actually, no. We fly to Hollow, you're actually got a little bit backwards. We fly to okay. Hollow Bastion, we get to Merlin. Okay. And yeah. then he casually zaps us back to Disney Castle. Right, right. And right. I, I want to take a moment to talk about this. Go for it. Because let's talk about how hard it is to travel between worlds. Yes. I mean, in the first, it said the, these two games, Sora needs the gummy ship. Yep. Other beings like the like the powerful Heartless, Maleficent, the, the Nobodies, they all use corridors of darkness and imply that that's dangerous. That's part of what the blue gas cloaks are for. Right. In a later game, there are characters who use different pals, but they have to have special Keyblade bikes for it. Yep. Merle gets snapped his fingers and we're there. What the yep. fuck? So maybe my my new terrible fan theory is that the cornerstone of light is in some way equivalent to the corpse emperor in Warhammer 40,000 and enables warp travel. Whoosh. It. That is the sound of that reference going right over my head. I just know that people make jokes about that guy being alive and miserable. Like there was a whole web series about it. That's all I know. But yep. I would 
point out, Merlin's in a whole other world. It goes to there. We don't even need a portal of darkness. Merlin can just do that. Yeah. Can't we just use Merlin to go to other worlds? Can't we skip all these gummy ship minigames? Merlin, hey, Merlin can turn to viruses that could kill dragons. So let's talk about the fact that this guy really should be doing more. Or maybe less. Yeah, let's not get ourselves in debt to the scariest person in all of Kingdom Hearts. He'd probably fuck us over. Merlin will make us a special door that'll allow us to figure out what's going on. So Merlin explains that another door similar to the one he makes is causing this trouble. So somebody else has gone back in time to do weird things at Timeless River. It's a special world. Must be very careful in the world. Close the other door. Insert Simpsons references about butterflies here. (laughs) So so is Merlin giving us advice on my wedding day? Oh, no. You want me to go for directly for the reference? I can do that easy. This one's going to cost me. (laughs) Anyways, he's being really fucking vague. He's saying, like, you may be tempted to do dark things. You shouldn't. Yep. So you walk into the door. Everything changes into a black and white world with tinny old music and very classic character designs. I mean, Donald and Goofy, they're immediately recognizable as their old style. Like, Donald has his weird tapered head and neck going. Sora has cute little bead eyes rather than his anime eyes. (laughs) His arms are noodles. He just has the whole on noodle style of the original Disney stuff. It's honestly perfect. It might be one of my favorite worlds in all of Kingdom Hearts. It's a really unique world. This does give me questions. Like, it reminds me of a, a bunch of old weird sprite comics where characters would draw the past, like in the old NES style, and then the future yep. higher. So we just assume that God knows how long ago the world was just drawn in this simpler manner. Yeah. Yeah, of course. Absolutely. That's totally true. And by the way, Sora flat out calls out that everything's black and white. He can see this. It's not just a conceit. Correct. That means the world naturally gained color one day. Okay, now I'm just thinking Pleasantville. Uh-oh. <laughs> As I said, I made a theory earlier that stories and worlds are connected in Kingdom Hearts. Yep. <laughs> I have in my notes, so uh, casual time travel. It's also not in my notes, but the music in Timeless River is etched into my fucking brain because this is my form grinding spot. I'm just remembering this, the, the little oompa sound and the cheerful little like tooting uh, horn. <laughs> yeah, it was my grinding spot as well. It's the best one. For everything except final form, this is basically the best grinding spot you can find. Like, there's a lot of Heartless that are very easy to respawn because all these screens are really close together. They come in huge waves. And yeah, I couldn't very well at first because those damn cars kept killing me. There's a lot of different Heartless in this world, by the way. It's got a bunch. Yep. Let's talk a little bit about the old Disney cartoons first. What is the appeal of these old cartoons, would you say? I mean, everyone knows the Seaboat Willie beginning where Mickey's whistling and playing with the wheel. Mm-hmm. They missed the part where he then gets thrown into the back by Pete and then spends the rest of the time torturing barnyard animals to make them make music. Right. And I am pretty serious. Some of it looked kind of mean because he's hitting him with hammers and stuff. Were the old Disney shorts like the Looney Tunes shorts and that they were basically played before film reels and stuff like that? Very commonly, yes. Yeah. And you really can see with the oldest animation, they were really enamored just with the fact they would make these fanciful little movements because almost everything would happen in loops. Like you'd have the same actions happening over and over again, kind of like showing here's this happening and then something new happens. Yep. It's a remarkable little thing that that like became as big as it did because they're pretty simple cartoons. I mean, those old cartoons, their animation is something that's not replicated anymore because it's smooth in a very surreal way. I mean... 
it's something I don't really go to much. Like, I actually like to invoke Cuphead because as weird and questionable as parts of that are, it really does remember just how strange that animation could be. Well, all of these old cartoons are pretty questionable. Well, they were made at a time before, like, a lot of the rules of animation were really solidified. Like, they have a... They don't do the full squash and stretch type thing you expect from cartoons. They have a lot of stretching, but they don't like have a lot of rebound to it. Like it took a long time for animation to really build up a lot of those techniques, I'd say. Because they were limited in their technology, they also used a lot of different ones, like the prototypes of those style and other tricks that really give it just this feeling you don't see anywhere else. Yep. Things things are less it's not quite squashers, but things are definitely much more, I keep going back to fluid, but it's like it's loose. Character models are more easily switched and, and toyed with to be right. fitting whatever they're trying to make happen. Yep. Yeah. Anything can happen in the weird world of old cartoons. Anything can happen. Like, for example, we can meet Pete. Yep, we can go down to the pier and meet Captain Pete. Not the Pete that we've known throughout the course of this game. No, this is the other Pete, the Pete from this time period. At least we can tell that. Sword Donald and Goofy cannot. <laughs> I guarantee the player is massively ahead of the three of them right now, which is strange oh, yeah. for Goofy, but... Well, yeah. it's mostly because I believe Goofy and Donald knew Pete at this time as well. But it still doesn't really register with them. Things They definitely think things are weird and even familiar, but they're just kind of going along with Sora saying, hey, you're a bad guy, which is kind of yeah. rude to a guy you haven't met before. Yeah, Captain Pete asks if they've seen any bad guys. Everyone points at him and he just gets like, why I oughta, I yeah. punks, I'm going to go. Let's be clear. Captain Pete is not a bad guy here. Captain Pete is just trying to deal with the fact that there's a very annoying rat that's stealing his stuff. Frankly, he's even nicer than the version of that appeared to the old cartoon. He's not bullying anyone. He's just kind of this really sour kind of jerk, but he's not going to do anything to you if you don't, if you don't cause him trouble. He just wants to take care of his steamboat. That's his one track mind is he needs to find his steamboat. Well, actually, we kick his ass. They eventually start to realize, oh, shit, this is the past. Like, but not after we beat Pete for about three minutes. Yeah, I have in my notes, we pick a fight with Pete at the pier like a bunch of assholeish cartoon characters. So like a bunch of cartoon characters. Mm, fair enough. I, I also have in my notes, he goes down like a chump. This feels like bullying. It honestly does. He's literally just saying, like, what's your beef with me? Who are you? That's kind of how it feels with a lot of these old cartoons is that the heels of these old cartoons are usually just bullies and then they get bullied in return. Yeah, and I have to say we beat him solidly and it doesn't really seem to do much other than kind of knock the wind out of him and then, be, then make his back seize up. Yep. So he's still as tough as ever. So, yeah, we would go back to Cornerstone Field after that and a window opens up. We see a bunch of hearts go into a bunch of other windows right before we pop out of the door, which is like. A weird thing to happen if it's the first time you're seeing this, you're confused as hell. But what it actually is, is the window is a TV screen showing you what just happened. Is that clear or am I being weird? I think it was a little bit jarring, but for the most part, I understood it. Yeah, I mean, like, this is literally a window with a drawstring floating into space and you just pull on it and it opens the curtains. You see stuff and then just creates all these zones. Yep. Four more windows pop up and each of them are these old timey fight zones based on a different classic cartoon. And most of them are actually pretty cool. Yep. You have the building site, you have Lilliput, you have the scene of the fire and Mickey's house. And they're all different. Like the building site, you're kind of in one of those old rafter things like where like where all those wherever you have the old cartoon where like a baby or a kid is is walking obliviously and there's a body like better babies there chasing after them. Tom and Jerry, Popeye, Buttons and Mindy in the 90s. 
because you're fighting at the top of a big building. There's a crane suspending some wood planks. And if you fight on top of that, it goes wobbling all over the place. Lilliput is you are very big and everything else is very small. So unlike Mickey, you're not getting shot by tiny ships and cannonballs or being tied down. You're just fighting planes. Yeah, it's basically like you get to role play Godzilla for a bit, which is fun. Yep. And you can actually do some stuff to the town, like knock it down and you interact with the environment a little bit. So, yep. But there's nothing living there. There's never anyone. The scene of the fire is a burning building, correct? Just imagine the old image, like, you know, building, burning, fire, fires to the ground. Someone's screaming, help my baby out the uh, window. You don't actually have that, but that's exactly what it looks like. Yep. And that's where the cars are. And the last one is inside Mickey's house. It's exactly what it says on the tin. So you fight through these zones, you fight a Cessna about Heartless, and after you beat him, uh, you've got to kind of have a scene happen. Well, before we do that, let's real quick just talk about the new Heartless that we get in here. Right. We have the, we have the hammer frame, which is a Heartless that's a hammer. It's, you know, kind of very simple there. It's like it's got a great big protruding chest that's the big hammer space, a spike behind him, and a head and the legs just kind of sticking off it. Yep, he's a cartoon hammer. Aeroplane, which is a aeroplane. Of course. You can't tell if there's a pilot in the plane or because his legs are sitting at the bottom. If he is the plane, it's just his midsection. Yep. And the last one is the hot rod, which is this old-timey cartoon car. And it's the bane of everyone's existence in this zone. Yep, they are invincible while they're running around, and you have to basically wait to hit them until they've stopped. Defying car logic, their eyes are not their headlights. They're kind of sticking out of where the windshield would be, which has a big hat on it, and the grill is teeth. Yep. Well, that's how it is in Cars, the movie, too. So after we beat each window, we get a different scene. And the gist of it is, you see Maleficent and, you know, our Pete, the Pete in the uh, in the fantasy uniform with the questionable zipper. And Maleficent's berating him for being an idiot. Mm-hmm. And so Pete's just kind of sad. But then but then between scenes, then old tiny Mickey runs up and shakes your hand. Yep. It's such a wonderful thing. Just like walks up. You have that. What is that? Sh- shaking a can full of beans or something like that sound as he's shaking your hand. Yeah, I guess is best one, Ed. That's probably what the fully sound effect was. And he moves in that very old-timey cartoon way, like yes. just yep. the, the looping animation and something about how the feet actually move. It just looks like that. They rep- really well replicated that. Yeah. Donald and Goofy are just clueless. Like, the king's acting weird. They also think that this is King Mickey, not like classic Mickey. And like then we see Pete just sulking, missing the good old days when he had a boat and no one was, was yelling at him. And then a door opens up in front of him. Just because he gets isekai into the past. Yeah. And then, like, you know, after a couple more scenes, Bluffson says, wow, this is a portal to the past. You know, yep. more. Bluffson, honestly, I question some of her plans, but she really is sharp on the uptake. Yep. And the, as of as of this recording, I'm, pl- I'm playing uh, Birth by Sleep, and she definitely seems good at coming up with plans very quickly for stupid stuff happening. Yep. She's probably one of the most competent villains who is not a main villain I've ever seen. She's outlived most of the villains. That's true. Like, she's done a better job of staying relevant than a lot of the other villains. Make it that way you will. So she looks at us like, oh, right, black and white. That was before my time, even weird. Yep. I was in color from the start. The second Donald realizes that they're in the past, he starts thinking about abusing it. Because it's Donald. Because Donald's like, we can change the future. And they're like, nope. And frankly, Goofy tells him down. Like, Merlin's got faith in us. We're supposed to resist temptation. I was like... Fine, I was just kidding. It's funny how good they are about this, considering how bad they are about the whole protecting the world border thing. 
And I have to say, what exactly are Maleficent Pete doing in the past right now? They are doing something with the cornerstone in the past so that it fucks that up in the future. But the cornerstone is still in the future. It's apparently weakened, but in the moment we see Pete tries to drive off with it, but why would it still be there if that's what his plan was? I think overall that what they're doing is that it takes a while for it to the effect of what you do in the past to fully realize in the future. Yep. So we're in Back to the Future rules. Yes. It's yep. fading out, but it's it's not fully solidified yet. But instead of fading out, it's giant thorns instead. Yes. Yeah, it's a cornerstone of McFly. <laughs> ah! Now that we've seen future Pete show up, steals a boat from past Pete, can we start calling this The Adventures of Pete and Pete? I mean, it's either, it's either that we just accept that everyone's named Pete to make it easier. Like, of course. Like, like going through Final Fantasy VI and naming everyone Pete. I, I, let's say Captain Pete's confused as hell, too. He just runs by yeah. saying, I, say, I saw me, not me, some other me. He stole yep. my boat. Me stole my boat. Someone stole more steamboats. It's kind of funny because the new Pete is such a heel that he'll even steal from past Pete. He misses his old boat time. This is him reliving his glory days of having an old boat. Of yep. course. So now that we've done all this, we were able to run back to the pier and we see that future Pete has somehow loaded up the giant cornerstone on the steamboat that he stole from himself and he's sailing off with it. And it's clear that when Melissa was talking to him, he was like, you know what to do, right? He was like, uh, so... Who knows if this was the plan, but it's probably working. Like, honestly, I think part of the plan is just send Pete in there and improvise. Throw a bunch of Heartless there, fuck shit up. Yep, maybe it'll work. On the other side. Yep. <laughs> Don't touch anything. I'll touch whatever I want. Zora tells Captain Pete that that was him from the future. Captain Pete's like, what? And then, then I have on my notes, you can't do that, Sora. It's a time paradox. Bum, 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 bum. Dun, dun, dun. <sighs> no. And so we knock Pete out of the boat, dunk him in the water, and he runs off. The Captain Pete just has no idea what we're talking about, so luckily. Yep. And honestly, the Captain Pete apologizes. Like, I feel like I put you guys through trouble. When what we did was he, he grumbled at us, we ran up, beat the crap out of him, and then just later we helped him in the boat. What trouble did he cause us exactly? Yep. Yeah, it really does seem like old Pete is actually relatively nice, which makes you wonder exactly what happened to him to make him into such a heel now. I mean, it's a good question. I mean, you kind of wonder, was Mickey working for Pete at the time? Because he was tough on him. Yeah. And Mickey was working for Pete, I believe, in the yeah, old that how, Willy lore. Right? Yeah. Is that well, right? I mean, I said, he, he seems to be like the, the deckhand or something. You see him messing around with the boat wheel, and then Pete like, tosses him out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm pretty sure he's like a hand on the ship or something like that. And then he takes the boat out for a joyride and causes Pete a lot of grief. Well, Pete's still in the boat because he because his scene is he comes in, laughs at him and throws him out and throws him out. There's like, hey, here's your you're, you're cute kid. Get the hell out. Yep. I don't need you right now. I don't need <laughs> you to deal with this right now. Please get the fuck out of my boat. I need to do stuff out of my cabin. <laughs> I have important boats, things to do. I'm on a boat. On a boat. Motherfucker. Take a good hard look at the motherfucking boat. Oh, we're in reference mode today, aren't we? Yes, we are. This episode going by pretty fast, so I kind of like, I don't want to enjoy this a bit more. (laughs) But Well, he said it's really fun and it's kind of fun to explore. But talking about the story, it's it's really hard to just like put it into lots of words. I don't just the, the, the nostalgic feeling. It's just enjoyable. Yeah, it's a cool little world, but 
It's emphasis on the little here. Yeah. It's only what, like seven screens. I mean, the UI, which changes with the uh, world, with the mm-hmm. worlds, is also charmingly old looking in this. Yep. Yeah, like all the character icons are changed. Uh, everything's faded out to grayscale, though. There is still a tiny bit of color that pokes through, especially when you change forms. Uh, well, it'd be hard to see what the form is otherwise. Yeah, yeah, you can like it's tinged a very slight red for a valor form. I think we get wisdom form at the end of this, right? Yeah, but uh, well, after the next few scenes, because, you know, yeah. now that now that we've stopped Pete from messing with the past, now Donald's going to go back to that plan. Yeah, no. Uh, it's like as long as we're here. Yeah, no, no. But Pete was unfortunately the boss of the area, so we don't have that much call to stay here except to grind forms like we mentioned earlier. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I mean, you probably have the Valor form already maxed out at this point for as far as you can get. You can't get it to more levels until you get more forms, which we're going to get another form now. Yeah. And it is worth noting, unlike other worlds, this one doesn't really have a second phase of story later. So you're only ever returning here um, by your own choice. Because you want to hear that sweet music and get that sweet, sweet, sweet more me XP. But yeah, but basically Goofy and Sora immediately grab Donald and drag him through the door protesting. Yep. Yeah. Once we're back in the castle, the thorns are just gone. And everyone still remembers this happened. Sora and Goofy are too much of good boys to be tempted to, to change the future by by changing the past. But Donald, of course... Well, Donald's from Final Fantasy. He'd obviously do that. Hey, that's the plot of the whole Final Fantasy one, of course, is changing the future by changing the past. Donald needs to fight chaos. Yep. He's here <laughs> to fight chaos. He's fight here chaos. to kill. I said, I Donald was here to kill thing, chaos. And that's to kill chaos. <laughs> you tell that we're within a couple months, as of this feeling, you tell we're within a couple months of that strange, strange trailer for what's it called again? Uh, Stranger of Paradise Final Fantasy Origin, which I hear is actually very good from the demo, but we can't play the demo anymore. I believe it could be good. I just that trailer is one of the funniest things I've ever seen. Well, I mean, it stuck with people and then people played it and said it was good. So I'm looking forward to that game now. I, w- I want to kill chaos, y'all. Angry, brooding McJRBG protagonist. We're your warriors of light. Want to know what I love about the apparent story for that one? Good. The entire premise of the story is that Tetsuya Nomura wanted to write a story about a very angry man. <laughs> <laughs> I and love he, it. And someone, and someone else already wrote Ashura's Wrath, so this is what he's got. Yep. Anyway, we also get the monochrome keyblade. It boosts items. Yay. <laughs> I believe it has some pretty good physical power as well. Yep. So we've saved the cornerstone, that truly important part of Disney Castle. Let's never talk of it again. I have in my notes, and now we forget that the cornerstone ever mattered. Wait, the cornerstone is a gate, and it opens the next set of areas. Now we forget the cornerstone ever mattered. I kind of imagine just since the course don't get apparently picked up and move, we should just be dragging it with us. Yep. Fend for yourself, Minnie. We're going to use this to go clear out Owl Bastion. Yep. Daisy shows up and it's kind of really effing unfair to Donald. Like, she's just fucking mad about him missing a date. When did they have time to schedule a date? Donald's been missing for a year. They've been asleep for a year. When did they schedule it? Is this a Captain America thing? I was late. I had a date. Daisy shows up and immediately ensures that she will fail the Bechdel test. Oof. And somehow this discussion unlocks wisdom form, which allows us to eat Donald and boost our magic. He'd prefer that to the days he chased him around is honestly what he decided. Oh my. <laughs> it's just, it's just, it's less awkward that way. And so after we complete that, one new path opens up to Port Royal. Well, I mean, don't you want to talk about wisdom form a little? Let's talk about wisdom form a little. 
I think it's really stylish. You get to yeah. like float around and shoot spells with your keyblade. Single keyblade using spell focus uh, form that lets you skate around. It changes your attack to shoot. Changes your attack to shoot, lets you skate around. Uh, you target, you can just strafe back and forth shooting at things. It feels really cool. It's, and your magic is boosted too. Your magic is boosted way high up. It's pretty strong. Uh, it's very strong. You can just basically play keep away from the monsters and spam shoot and spells. Yeah, and it is very vital for a number of side content, as it turns out. This is one of the more useful forms. Which is a shame. It's one of the ones I have the hardest time using. Mm, that sucks. I'm a bit more of a brawler myself in many ways. So, yeah. as you said, so this opens up the, this opens up the new paths. Path. One new path. But what about... But we were forgetting about Atlantica. One new path. But the other path is full of nightmare simulacrums of humanity and also zombie pirates. One new path. But don't you want to swim and play? One new path. So, yeah, that's about the whole time we have today. So join us next time when John's denialism hits a new level. Just I can't even you do the send off. So. <laughs> so anyways, thanks for joining us. I'm Jared. I'm John. And I'm Matt. And remember, a good story is best enjoyed with friends. Thank you for listening to Backlog Dialogues. If you're enjoying our deep dives and discussions, be sure to leave a five-star review on the podcatcher of your choice. If you're really enjoying our deep dives and discussions, you can support us on Patreon at patreon.com slash backlogdialogues. If you'd like to hear more episodes, you can find our archives at backlogdialogues.com. Special thanks to Eli for our theme song. Kingdom Hearts and all associated trademarks are the property of Disney and Square Enix. Please support the official release. It's the happiest days of our lives to Timeless Rivers, another brick in the wall part two. Nailed it on the old rock reference. Right. Aw. I, I got it. I got it. Just, hmm. You don't know what to do with it now. I have no idea what to do with this. I can't use these two things together. I would say that, I, that I just made Pink it Floyd and Kingdom Hearts don't thematically align that much. But will it blend? <laughs> Oof. Wall dust. Don't breathe that. <laughs> Just to throw one more thing there, how many other stories could have the phrase horny squirrel in them? Oh, no. What? Where did that yes. come it, from? Sword in the Stone has a horny squirrel. When they turns them into squirrels for some reason, there's a girl squirrel that chases Arthur around, or Wart, and to the point that freaking Robot Chicken made a joke about it. Yep. Okay. Okay. I want to go to Timeless River. You all can talk about horny squirrels all you want. I'm going back in time to Timeless River. <laughs> He's going so back Mer in time where he had to heard this discussion start. Yes. Yes.